Life Audio. Thank you for joining us for Sound Reasoning with Christian apologist and minister Perseus Poku of Sound Reasoning Ministries. It's our prayer that today's program will educate, train, and empower you to defend your Christian faith with confidence. Perseus has his bachelor's in history and a master's degree in apologetics. We hope you enjoy this time of equipping so that you can answer questions to defend your Christian faith effectively. Now here's Perseus Poku on Sound Reasoning. Welcome to Sound Reasoning. I'm your host, Perseus Poku. On our topic today, we want to discuss the doctrine of a good name. The doctrine of a good name. And after a word from our sponsors, we'll get started on the topic today. Hello, folks. My name is Derek Greer, and I'm reaching out to fellow pastors and church leaders just like you to join me and other Christian leaders and organizations throughout the nation as we come together on June 8th and 9th for National Unity Weekend. Together, we will show the love of Jesus as we serve our communities on Saturday, June 8th, and then preach from a shared text on Sunday, June 9th. To register, go to unityweekend.com. That's unityweekend.com to join us as we unite the church and unite the nation. What impacts you every day? There is one book that influences almost every aspect of our lives. Museum of the Bible reveals the Bible's impact on your favorite musicians and artists, the way we measure time, social justice, our national monuments, and more. The Bible's impact is all around you. Discover how at museumofthebible.org impact. And the reason why I wanted to discuss this particular subject is because we have a rise of arguments from some people against Christians continuing to use uh, the name or the word Christian. In other words, uh, some people are arguing that because so many people are using the title Christian to identify themselves, and in many cases, those same people are not good witnesses for kingdom building, meaning that they're not good representatives of the title that they're claiming for themselves. And to an extent, I agree with the sentiment in the sense that the Bible even preaches against saying one thing, but yet living another way. So all of us that claim to be Christians, uh, the Bible is clear that we have to show some signs, meaning that if I proclaim or identify myself to be a follower of Jesus Christ, then my walk should match up with my talk. The Bible is clear that we should know them by their fruits. And when I say know them by their fruits, meaning that Christians should be able to be identified as Christians based on not just what they're saying, but what they're doing. But what's going on in today's culture is repulsive. What's going on in today's culture is not acceptable. Whereas we have people that identify themselves as Christians. So when you identify yourself as a Christian, you have 
non-Christians, those who are not even thinking about becoming the Christians, watching you as a model. And when you are saying one thing and doing another, it misleads these other people. It keeps them further away from the gospel. When we are not consistent with our walk, then it brings people further away from where they need to be in terms of their relationship with God. So what we're trying to convey is this urgency for the church to wake up. And I'm not ignorant of the fact that the Bible also talks about the sheep uh, worship along uh, with the goats, uh, the wheat and the tear. So inside the church, God knows who belongs to him. From God's perspective, there are sheep and goats. And these sheep and goats are alongside one another. Now, you and I may not know who's a sheep and who's a goat. That's not our responsibility. We are mainly responsible for ourselves. But God knows. And what happens is because non-believers and skeptics see all of us worshiping together, they assume that we are all sheeps. And that's not necessarily the case. But all of us must assess whether or not God has a hand on us, on whether or not we are genuinely, authentically followers of Jesus Christ. So those that argue against continuing to use the title of a Christian, I ask that you pause for a moment and look at what you're asking. Since the first century, we've been using this title of Christian. And this title came from hardship. This title came from a time of persecution. It wasn't in vogue as it is now uh, for believers or for people to say they're Christians. It wasn't a popular thing to do. In the first century, when you said you were a Christian, you were setting yourself up in many cases to be persecuted. People were not welcoming to Christians. So now we are at a point where in the Western world, anybody can say what they want to say in terms of the identification. And we have people that are using this identification, this title, liberally. Uh, Even though they have no interest in following Jesus Christ, they'll use the title Christian to identify themselves. So uh, those that are arguing for us to cease from using the title Christian, I would say pause. And in pausing, think about this. Are we going to keep changing our titles just because people who claim to be Christians are not living in the Christian way? So basically, they're arguing that other people have sullied the name Christian, and as a result, we should abandon it. They're arguing that other people are misrepresenting that name. And as a result, we should disband or refrain from using the identification of being a Christian. Is that true? And my argument is, no, it's not true. We should not get rid of the name. 
Are we going to keep changing our names because the climate is different? Now, I'm not saying that there's never a time where you can't rebrand yourself. I'm not saying that. I'm going to deal with that in a few minutes. But I'm saying at this time, now is not the time to spend our energy on trying to rebrand our name and moving from Christians to something else. We already have names. God's already given us names to live and walk by. And I'm, I'll deal with that in a few minutes. So I, my argument is, no, let's reclaim the title Christian and let's do something about it. Instead of consuming or using our valuable time to rebrand ourselves, let us do a better job of discipleship. Let us do a better job of witnessing. Let us do a better job of telling the good news. Because when people are authentically discipled, when people are effectively discipled, when people are um, discipled in a way where they know Jesus for themselves, then they know they have to adjust their lifestyles to fit what their profession is. What's happening in a lot of cases is there's a little discipleship going on. We allow individuals to say they're Christians without holding them accountable. They um, have no reverence for church leadership. They have no reverence for pastors. They have no reverence for elders. Uh, they have little reverence for the word of God in terms of hermeneutics. So we, al- we allow individuals number one, to join churches, and the churches don't hold them accountable. We have to do a better job of representing our Savior. And at this point, I am not afraid to tell anyone that I'm a Christian. Just like there are those in the world um, who work for certain industries And those industries may have uh, gotten a bad label. They don't always rebrand the industries. We have a name that's lasted decades and centuries. And we have a name that's identified with the Christ. Christians. Christ followers. Those who profess to know Jesus. No, we're not going to uh, 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 give up and abdicate our name just because some people are not living by the creed. We have to do a better job of representation. Let others see who we are. Let others see what Jesus can do. Let others see what the gospel is through our lifestyle. We have to keep talking it. We have to keep preaching it. We have to keep praying. We have to keep discipling. We have to keep evangelizing if we want our communities to get better. better. And then we want other people to see what Jesus can do. Yes, we make mistakes. But there's a difference between making a mistake and being rebellious. Let us take a break to recognize our sponsors, and we'll be right back. 
Hello, folks. My name is Derek Greer, and I'm reaching out to fellow pastors and church leaders just like you to join me and other Christian leaders and organizations throughout the nation as we come together on June 8th and 9th for National Unity Weekend. Together, we will show the love of Jesus as we serve our communities on Saturday, June 8th, and then preach from a shared text on Sunday, June 9th. To register, go to unityweekend.com. That's unityweekend.com to join us as we unite the church and unite the nation. What impacts you every day? There is one book that influences almost every aspect of our lives. Museum of the Bible reveals the Bible's impact on your favorite musicians and artists, the way we measure time, social justice, our national monuments, and more. The Bible's impact is all around you. Discover how at museumofthebible.org impact. Making a mistake is when you fall into sin without premeditation. But when you know something is wrong and you continue to do it because you will to do it, that's rebellion. That's a clear distinction. As Christians, because we are in this finite body, because uh, we are not perfect, because ontologically we're not uh, um, perfected beings because of the fall, then we are prone to make mistakes. But again, there's a difference between making a mistake and being rebellious. And God deals with the uh, rebellious. God deals with those that are stiff-necked. That's what uh, the Old Testament called Israel. They were stiff-necked. And when God would bless them, they would change for a certain amount of time. Then they'll go back to being faithless. They'll go back to their old uh, sinful ways. And God keep, kept loving them. God, God keep uh, offering his overture, his, uh, sending his invitation for them to come back to their first love. And God is calling on us to come back to our first love. So in the scriptures, Proverbs 2021, we find this. A good name is to be more desired than great wealth. Favor is better than silver and gold. So we learn here that a good name should be desired over great wealth. There are a lot of people with money, but they're miserable. There's a lot of people uh, with uh, uh, affluent lifestyles, but they're still looking for their purpose. And there's a lot of people um, who have created certain things that a lot of people want and, and they're known for it. And as a result, when they uh, step up on the scene, their name goes ahead of them, and, and, and individuals respond accordingly. Um, I have an associate, and this gentleman is pretty uh, wealthy. And whenever we go somewhere, because of his name, certain things happen. Doors are open. Uh, opportunities present themselves because he is wealthy. Well, what the Bible is telling us is a good name, whether you're wealthy or not, is worth a lot more than anything else, even money. Having a good name is worth a lot more than money. So when we talk about titles, we have to work hard to make sure that we maintain our good name because God sees it as more precious than wealth. God sees it as more valuable than your bank account. 
having a good name matters. So whatever we're putting on our Facebook page, we need to make sure that it's representative of our good name. Uh, whatever we put on our Instagram, whatever pictures we post, let it, let it magnify Christ. Let it not go against what we profess we believe in. Whatever you're putting on your TikTok, uh, make sure that is glorifying Jesus Christ. We have to stop sending out mixed, mixed signals. This is why these skeptics, these individuals are saying we need to get rid of the names, the name Christian. And I'm saying we don't need to give it, get rid of the name Christian. We need to spend our energy, instead of trying to rebrand ourselves, we need to spend our energy changing ourselves. Each one of us looking in the mirror, allowing Jesus Christ to lead us and to tell us what we need to do to glorify him. And if, if we are interested in glorifying Jesus Christ, everything else will fall in place. Your name is all that we really have at the end of the day. Your name tells us something about you. It tells us something about what you're all about. It tells us who you represent. When we talk about a good name, the word integrity comes up. Are you an honest person? Are you faithful? Are you trustworthy? Are you a believer of Jesus Christ? And are you uh, thirsting after Christ to the point that you are willing to live for him? We must have integrity when it comes to our name. Let's look at a passage in the book of Acts, uh, Acts chapter 11, verses 26. And it talks about, um, so then those who were scattered because of the persecution that occurred in connection with Stephen made their way to Phoenicia, Cyprus, and Antioch. So these believers were on the run. Speaking the word uh, to no one except to Jews alone. But there were some of them, men of Cyprus and Cyrene, who came to Antioch and began speaking to the Greeks as well, preaching the good news of the Lord Jesus. And the hand of the Lord was with them. And a large number who believed turned to the Lord. The news about them reached the ears of the church in Jerusalem, and they sent Barnabas off to Antioch. Then when he arrived and witnessed the grace of God, he rejoiced and began to encourage them all with resolute heart to remain true to the Lord. For he was a good man and full of the Holy Spirit and faith, and considerable numbers were added to the Lord. And he left for Tarsus to look for Saul, and when he had found him, he brought him to Antioch. And for an entire year, they met with the church and taught considerable numbers of people. And the disciples were first called Christians in Antioch. This is the origin of the name Christians being used for the followers of Jesus Christ in Antioch. Acts eleven twenty six. So here we have a, a rich history of where this name came from. It came because of what God was doing through these people that were evangelizing. They were witnessing. They were bringing, helping to bring other people to Jesus. They were um, good news evangelists. They, they were good news disciples. They were uh, Christians who were interested in living for Jesus. And part of living for Jesus is witnessing. 
Let me say that again. Part of living for Jesus is witnessing. God did not save us to be silent. God did not save us to not testify. God did not save us to not glorify uh, his name by the way that we live. It's easy to talk about it, but are you willing to live for him? Are you willing to sacrifice? Are you willing to uh, put yourself out in public and tell others that Jesus is real, that Jesus saves and Jesus can sanctify? Are you willing to boldly proclaim the name of Jesus? These Christians in the first century were not shy. They know what Christ can do. So as a result, they went off to testify and they wanted to share with other people what Jesus had done and how he had done it and what he could do for them. That Jesus rose up on the third day physically, not spiritually, physically, and that Jesus was coming back. And if they accepted Christ, their life would never be the same. And it's the same message that we all need to share. We all need to share this. There's no shortcut to holiness. There's no shortcut to fulfilling the mandate found in Matthew 28, 19 through 20. There are no shortcuts. We have to evangelize. We have to disciple. We have to go out into the byways and highways and preach the good news of Jesus Christ. We have to do this. So our name is Christian. We identify as Christians. And if there are people misrepresenting their name, then they need to change. It's not up to us to change. We need to live up to the creeds of Christianity. We need to lift up to the standards set by our predecessors. We are not going to change our names. We are Christians. So the changing of biblical names. Now, I must say, in Scripture, there are times where God changed names. Um, If you remember, God changed Jacob's name to Israel. Jacob in the Hebrew meant trickster. And God didn't want Jacob to be a a trickster anymore. God had a bigger plan for Jacob. Uh, Jacob was going to be the progenitor of the 12 tribes. So he changed his name from Jacob to Israel. Then Paul was Saul. Saul was the enemy of the church. And God didn't want Saul to be the agitator of the church any longer. So he um, gave Saul an opportunity to convert. And Saul said yes. So when Saul was knocked off his beast and uh, sent uh, on the Damascus road uh, and and he was greeted by a believer and the scale fell from his eyes, uh, Saul was never the same. Saul became the great evangelist Paul. So his name was changed. Then Simon Peter, uh, his name was changed to the rock, Petros, as Jesus uh, called him. He would be Uh, the small stone on which he would build Christ's church. So there are biblical precedents for changing names, but look look, look at the commonality of those who had their names changed. It was for ministry purposes. God changed them for ministry purposes, and in changing their name, it signified a connection, a connection to God and a connection to what he was calling them to do. So we as believers, we really need to uh, think about what we, God is asking us to do, number one. 
That's what we need to think about. What is God asking us to do? If we change our names for Christian, uh, what are we changing it to? What are we changing it to? There are some options uh, that you could change it to, but why are we spending so much time trying to rebrand ourselves, trying to change our names when we haven't even done the first thing God wants us to do? And that's for us to change. That's for us to renew our mind. That's for us to go out and witness. That's for us to disciple. That's, us, that's for us to hold each other accountable within the framework of the global church. And if we do that, then we don't have to worry about changing our name from Christians to something else. We are wasting too much time on pettiness, too much time on, on, on silly things. And instead of focusing on the first thing God asks us to do, which is to be his witness. If we would live out our creeds, other people would take notice. If we would just live out the things that Christ asked us to do, other people will be impressed because they'll see the hand of God on our lives and they too will consider whether or not to serve the same Jesus that we serve. I'm not against changing names when it's appropriate, but in this case, it is not appropriate. Changing the name signifies a connection. The name Elijah is an example meant Yahweh is my God. Joshua means God delivers. Biblical names in general were functional in their nature. So in other words, the name was connected to the person's function. And if we're not ready to fulfill the function, why are we trying to change the name? If we're not trying to fulfill the function, Why are we trying to change the name? Well, we'll continue uh, this topic next week. We appreciate all of your prayers. We ask that you uh, continue to lift up the Savior, that you make yourself available for God to use so that you may represent him in an honorable way. Remember, as we always say, to do for the truth what so many people do for a lie. God bless. And as always, we would like to thank our friends at Life Audio for their partnership with us on this broadcast. If you go to lifeaudio.com, you'll find dozens of other faith-centered podcasts in their network. They've got shows about prayer, Bible study, parenting, and a lot more. Please connect to lifeaudio.com. God bless. Thanks for listening to Sound Reasoning with apologist and minister Perseus Poku from Sound Reasoning Ministries. It's our prayer that today's lesson has equipped you to share and defend your Christian faith with boldness. Sound Reasoning Ministries offers training in apologetics, biblical studies, and systematic theology. Join in on discussions on Facebook at Sound Reasoning Ministries. For more information about the ministry, to send an email, ask a question, or support the ministry, visit online at srministries.org. That's srministries.org. Listen again next week at this same time. And remember, Titus 1.9 says, Hold firm to the trustworthy messages has been taught so that you can encourage others by sound doctrine and refute those who oppose it. Sound Reasoning Ministries, srministries.org. What do you do when the world around you is falling apart? It's amazing to me how many people are breathing air. They're going about their business and doing the things you're supposed to do. But if you really ask them, they know that on the inside, they are spiritually 
and emotionally and relationally dead. If we're not careful, all of us can experience that death. When what we need to do, even as the world around us is falling apart, we need to learn how to march when it would be easier to stay where we are and die. Join me each week on the March or Die show as we discuss that and so much more.